and welcome to another edition of Wrestling Makes the World Takes. CB, you're sure alongside one and only my main man, Cap Rooney AD and Cap Rooney. It's a revolution. It is a revolution. And it's televised. Maybe. And it's televised tomorrow <laughs> night live. Actually, no, Sunday night live on pay-per-view. Kind of bummed when they're not Saturday night pay-per-views because I gotta get up like super early the next day and end up staying up till four o'clock in the morning watching Tony Khan just go ballistic yeah. on the post-show scrum. I feel like I should have done the Ricky Starks pose on it. Is it? You like, should have just illusions televised. <laughs> we should. We gotta come up with our own pose. Yeah. Like the, the. I think that might be the best lighting in wrestling though. Is his his entrance? I love the lighting on it. I love in general what they're doing with Ricky Starks. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they really got something with him, mm -hmm. and they keep going on the path yep. uh, that he's going on. I think uh, I think they have a star mm -hmm. that could cross over maybe into the mainstream eventually. He's we'll got see, look. we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about this pay per view. Yeah, it's always it's it's always a good one. It's kind of the start of the the uh, the new year for AEW, mm -hmm. and they build into their kind of big. Would show. you say it's the start of their new year? I don't know. Well. They kind of have a different schedule. Their I feel kind like of WrestleMania I, show is double or nothing. So that that's kind it's, of... I would say it's up between that and All Out is their WrestleMania show. It's one of the two. I feel like... You know, you could say it's double or nothing, and then All Out's like their SummerSlam kind of type thing, and then that's their reset point. Yeah, and I, the only reason... I, I think I said double... I think I say double nothing because I thought I read that that's kind of what they're building well, as their that's capstone. What, well, and that's the what founding. they... Show. Well, yeah, because they had a, well, they had an all in the as their original, <laughs> as the youngest original thing. Yeah, I mean the spiritual like origin story. Of this, yeah, so, uh, of yeah. this was was all in. But yeah, which is yeah, all out is basically the successor to that. Yeah, so yeah, I would say yeah, I could agree with double nothing, but yeah. I think they kind of treated that. I mean, they hold double nothing at the T-Mobile Arena, and then they yeah. hold. Mm -hmm. All out at the Sears Center, whatever it's called now, the Now Arena, which yeah. is like a ten. So then, based off that, is kind of like their Royal Rumble tier pay per view, I would say, kind of. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's a little bit of a different schedule, but yeah. uh, but nonetheless, they always put on a hell of a show. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's been a pay per view that AEW's put on that is disappointing. Yeah. Although part of me wonders, kind of with this pay per view, is it like the least developed pay per view they've had in their existence? Because I kind of feel it might be. I don't know. I don't know about that. I feel like one of the pandemic pay-per-views didn't have a whole lot of build to it, or a couple of but, them. All right, but if you go like live crowd era, I live think live crowd era. If you're looking yeah, at the card, if you're looking at the card as a whole, well, it, it developed wise or not, I mean, I I saw someone else say it too. Like storyline wise, this is the least developed. I don't know if I would say that. I mean, you got some things on here that. I've had some nice build to it. You've had, obviously, the main event they've been building for a while. Mm -hmm. You've got Moxley and Paige building a while. you got the Acclaimed and the Gun Club. They've been going at it for a while. And then they've got their tie-in with the Jarrett and Jay Lethal. That's been going on since at least November. Yep. Uh, Samoa Joe and Wardlow has been since November before that. Mm-hmm. Jericho Starks has been in with the last two months, at least. So, yep. if you look top to bottom here, I mean, there's some some history with Soraya and Jamie as well, and even the yeah, that, House of Black. So maybe you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna say actually they did a pretty good job. Of building at least House House of Black, Elite in House of Black, there hasn't been much. There hasn't been. Yeah, I feel like they could be doing more because they they really 
uh, as our one of our other hashtags, they blew their load on the best of seven series. Mm-hmm. With, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, with the uh, the young bucks, uh, the elite, and um, and death triangle. The, mm-hmm. the, to where it's like, all right, after all that, it's like now they got to move on, and yeah, I, they could have done a little more there. Yeah, I, I agree on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but pay per is coming up this Sunday night. It is Friday when this airs, mm-hmm. uh, so we will uh, we'll break it down. Let's kick it into it. Revolution. Uh, it's mm-hmm. coming from San Francisco this year, mm-hmm. and the cool thing we want to get into first is it's really cool to see the progression of AEW and how they're they're moving into the standard NBA sized. Yeah, because think about when they started these pay per views, they weren't at these large arenas, and yeah. now like you know. You have your, uh, you know, I think it all started double or nothing last year, right? When they had the T-Mobile, that's kind well, of like where the waves started with the big arenas. They've kind of mixed it up a little bit because they started the original double or nothing was at MGM Grand Garden Arena, which I would say is yeah. a little mid-tier level. Yeah, but about I think 15, if you're talking 000. like big, big arenas, I think the wave started last last year when they had it at the T-Mobile. Well, that, but they they held, I think it was uh, Revolution twenty twenty one. No, Excuse me. <clears throat> Full Gear 2021 was at the Minnesota Arena where the Timberwolves Okay, so maybe that's where the wave started then, yeah. Um, you obviously had... But then they did a couple of shows, like Dynamites, they did... Uh, the original yeah. Dynamite, the first one was at the Capital One where the Wizards play, and then mm-hmm. they did the big CM Punk episode yeah, at but the United Center. Yeah, but as far as pay-per-views, you know, they've recently in the last couple of years started to make the big arena turn... Um, the only one they kind of keep in the not crazy big arena is at the uh, All In. Yeah, yeah, they they, and I'm surprised because they kind of view that one arena as like their home arena. I feel like, but I would like to see them go like United Center permanently as the home for that pay per view. Yeah, and I I would say why not? I mean, maybe that means you move uh, if they're going to do uh, Forbidden Door as a regular show, you move that mm-hmm. out of the United Center. Yep. Uh, yeah, I would, I would put one. Forbidden Door for sure in a different um, different thing. I think that should be their West Coast pay-per-view. I would keep this one, Revolution, somewhere else, maybe like your Midwest pay-per-view, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then have Forbidden Door be your West Coast pay-per-view because a lot of New Japan is based in California when they come to New Japan Strong. Yep. Um, so I think that would have been that's the more logical way to go with it when it comes to their pay per view format. Yep, I like that. And you gotta have an East Coast representation. Come on. Yep. Because you gotta have the Caparoonies in the house. Yep. I think keep full, still waiting to get that press pass. I think keep full gear as your uh, your East Coast one, maybe or maybe flip flop Revolution full gear every year as but, your uh, which one's East Coast. And they've kind of done that because the first full gear is in Baltimore, which yep. is East Coast. Um, then they went, then they were obviously a pandemic <laughs> year, which doesn't count. And then yep. they had they had it in Minnesota the one year, mm-hmm. which is a little bit out. Yeah. But I'd be a big fan if they kept it in this kind of New York, mm-hmm. Philly, metropolitan, mm-hmm. tri-state area yep. on a permanent basis. Yeah, but I do like the, at least the upgraded arena method. I mean, you know, and they've recently had some like nicer new arenas. Like, you know, we had the, uh, the Chase Center now. Newer yep. side arena, brand new building, T-Mobile Arena on the newer side. Oh, well, again, um, only two, three, four years old. Prudential like Center, which we recently had, you know, it's not that old of an arena, so you know, yeah. So, so yeah. they're doing, they're getting the new arenas too, which is nice to see. Yeah, and they do a mixture because they'll do like an episode uh, at the Cow Palace, which has been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. They've been, they did an episode of Dynamite at the Greensboro Coliseum, which has been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So they do the history kind of tie-ins. But yep. they also do the modern, like, NBA size. Uh, it really yeah. ups their production value. I mean, it mm-hmm. goes well with the rebrand that they did, uh, which I'm a big fan of. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, which I wonder sometimes, too, with the gate-wise, like, why they do the smaller arenas. I feel like they could draw a bigger gate, you know, and they just choose to do the smaller ones. Like, I get, like, when you're in your smaller towns, like, why you do it, because they don't have those arenas, but I feel like if you're in a bigger city, try to get the biggest arena you could possibly get to get the bigger gate. It could be. It could be A, availability. could be B, uh, relationships they have with the building. It could well, because be, some are loyal to the other companies, too, like, yeah. you know, and they won't book them to other people as well. Yeah, and it's tough. Like a lot of those NBA arenas, if you're going on a Wednesday for Dynamite, you might have an NBA game there or an NHL game or some mm. other concert there. So uh, availability is probably a big thing where I think those yeah. they do a lot of the college arenas, mm-hmm. yep. which what? I think are probably a little more flexible. And well, yeah, because it depends. Like well, once they're not in their college basketball season or whatnot, then, yeah. And they're available, but besides that, like, you know, when it's college basketball season, the availability's tight, I would say, because you have the women's and men's team playing in the same arena. Yeah. Um, and what I do like, I like the strategy of it, because you almost have, like, a built-in kind of audience. You can just send some street teamers on campus and say, mm-hmm. hey, we're doing a big wrestling show here. Yep, Get out some discounted tickets or something like that, and you fill it yeah. up. Uh, it's like something to do on campus. Yeah. Yeah, so that is true, man. It's uh, it's an interest. They've always kind of had that strategy since they started. Most of the Dynamites are in a college mm-hmm. arena, the Leah Cora Center or whatever, University of Cincinnati yeah. arena, like basketball. Um, so, But uh, it is cool that when they do their bigger shows, they upgrade to the... Absolutely. Yeah, I guess, be, I guess it brings more meaning to when they do these, uh, just for pay-per-views, they do the large arenas too. It makes it more meaning for these as well. It does, and I like how they've established other special shows. They have the Arthur Ashe Stadium show they do every year, and mm-hmm. even once in a while, it is kind of fun. They go back to Daly's place and they do that setup, even though yep. they've kind of gotten burned out from that building for. Oh yeah, for yeah, because that was there. all they could use for so long. So I think they definitely are aware. Um, usually, that's their fight for the fallen. Yeah, they venue, do like if I'm correct now. Anniversary show. Yeah, like, it's like a summer venue now they use it for. But I think it's mainly for Fight for the Fallen is what they try to save it for. Then you usually have like one random uh, random event they host there throughout the year. And it's usually like a dynamite or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that and I mean, you look at cost too, I'm sure. like Well, that's the cheapest cost of the arena they could possibly use. Because they own it. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, we'll see. And then, you know, I know they're doing a lot of the dark tapings now at Universal. It looks like yep. the Ring of Honor show is going to be down there now, too. Yep, which is smart. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, too, eventually, will they ever go the stadium route? Because, I mean, just think, they have the Jag Stadium just sitting there, um, you know. Could, especially in the off season. Mm-hmm. Why the heck not? Yep, do a little double or, or nothing or do a... Uh, I, they can't do an all-in there because that's football season. So it had to be either, you know, Revolution, but it might be a little chilly in Jacksonville at that point. So I think, you know, if they did a double or nothing there, it might be a good, not a bad idea. I think it would be great to do, you know, maybe to do their five-year anniversary show, which would be next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even their 10-year anniversary going the full-size stadium yeah, I mean, I mean, why not test it out to see how it goes? Uh, for sure. I mean, they wouldn't have to pay to rent the building. Mm-hmm. The production would be really expensive to set up rigs and sets yep. and yep. all that. But, but they would save on rental costs just on the arena, sorry, sure. on the stadium because they own it. For sure. Just to turn the lights on in Madison Square Garden is like $500,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that's on top of everything else you got to So you, if you, unless you're drawing a $5 million gate at MSG, you're going to lose money. Yeah, so that's why right there I just, you know, 
if they're going to do it, that'd be the one obviously to do it with to start out. I mean, they've done like the stadium stampede matches already and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, that would be cool. That, that but you'd, I, you'd have to really put some work into that card to make it like that special. Mm-hmm. Which um, they could for sure, absolutely. I feel like if they were going to do it, they could have probably done it in their like first year. Yeah, when it was still like this was like the 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 counterculture like the cool thing yeah. and now it's four or five see, years in it's just like all right see i kind of disagree with that because i think you know you need to get it to a point where it's like they build up like where they have such a following that they can fill a stadium you know they got to build the following first before they can you know do a stadium you know like just look at wf when it started way back when they weren't doing oh, stadiums yeah. right off the bat like you know they, you got to build up to it yeah absolutely yeah i mean they didn't really do Stadiums. They they started to a little bit when they had the big the Hogan era in the eighties, yep. and they stopped for a while. And they were doing smaller buildings. Yep. Like WrestleMania eleven was at the Hartford Civic Center in front of eleven thousand people. Yeah, and now like they don't touch a a building for WrestleMania unless it holds mm-hmm. at least seventy five thousand. Yep, people. it's not a stadium. It's not for them. No, no, hundred percent. So uh, I, I'm all for it. I mm-hmm. hope they do it. it. Just give it that big kind of spectacle spectacle feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I mean, they definitely got the cheese to do it oh they got the money they're starting to get the following there i would say like you know so i think it's it's worth worth a shot why not why not worst case you just do it once and that's it if it doesn't go well yeah what's the worst case just you know it doesn't work out then you just go back to doing a regular one Um, yeah because worst case you could start like just selling tickets like you know on the opposite side of the hard cam yep that sells out then you gradually open the rest of the stadium that's kind of see like you know kind of get a gauge of where you're at uh ticket wise yeah, yeah. Uh, that would also be cool. I mean, you know another cheap building? It's, see, I, I assume it's cheap because uh, the Alamo Dome in uh, San Antonio apparently is not that expensive to run. Like, I think Impact Wrestling well, I believe posted a pay-per-view there. The XFL just, that's where the XFL team plays, I believe, right? Yeah, San Antonio actually play. had a phenomenal crowd there. 24,000 people yeah. for yeah. the yeah. first game, which yep. uh, is pretty solid for mm-hmm. uh, yep. secondary not established football team. Yeah, so I think wrestling could draw that in for sure, I would say, yeah. For sure. Uh, I think strategically you could do it right with the right car and the right marketing and the right planning. I think you could have a really solid uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's get into it. I let's mean, get into it. I'm ready. Re- Revolution's coming up this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, you know, it's... it's. I'm always... I always get excited for an AWP because it's always... They always deliver. Tony... Tony trust in Tony. Uh, <laughs> so let's kick things off the tag title match. Four-way title. We've got the Guns, the Gun Club, the Ass Boys, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. uh, versus the Acclaimed, the hottest act in town. you got uh, uh, Jay Lethal and uh, the uh, last outlaw, Jeff Jarrett. Um, and we have the team we don't know yet. Yes, and That's by the time this airs, away, we yeah. will know who it is, but we're recording this a little bit early before. So now, who do you think the, the team's going to be? I want to hear your opinion. Do you think they're going to pull a surprise here? What do you think? I mean, look, look you have... Some long hair there on the picture, so like, mm. is that a hint at who it's gonna be? Or that was interesting. I didn't think of that. Or is that just uh, just a, a generic thing? Because that looks like Pac kind of there. If you were to guess, like, just layout wise, that's could Pac. Be. Yeah, but it could, could kind of. I could see Pac there. Yeah, but then it looks like the other guy's a bald dude. Uh, yeah, but who would that be? Yeah. Like, is he? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go with generic route. Okay. Um, I knew I want to see the team be, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Well, I don't. I don't know if I have any thoughts. What are your thoughts? I want it to be FTR. That would be cool. And I, I want to really see seen much of FTR. I want it to be FTR with 
FTR winning yes. the titles. Yes, I like that a lot because what you can do is have them pin the, the Ass Boys or even Jeff Jarrett or Jay Lethal. Well, because think about it too, you know, you had FTR have a few, like kind of a mini thing going on with them as well. So why not have FTR come back and take the tag titles off of them? Yeah. Um, I would like to see that. I mean, it kind of sucks for the Acclaim because they're doing a great job as champs. I feel like they kind of took the belts off them a little early. I don't know why they gave it to the guns. Right away, you wonder what it's setting up for. Um, but logically, I would think FTR would be the thing to set it up for if they're taking it off them. So that's why I think the mystery team's FTR. I agree, and I think uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. My only, my only letdown I see with this match is I would have preferred if it wasn't them, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in the match. I would have preferred to see, like, an Aussie Open. Yeah, like somebody a little more, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a more established tag team. Because, you know, I think if you had, like, an Aussie Open in there, for example, and then you throw FTR, and that would have been, this would might have been, like, match of the night contender. Um, it would have been a great tag match, I think, but... You know, because I feel like they don't, just like Jeff Jarrett, you know, he, I feel like he doesn't bring too much to the table anymore. Um, he's just like for namesake kind of into the match. Jay Lethal, obviously great wrestler. Yep. So I can't take anything against him, but um, I think Aussie Open would have been a better option. Um, you know, or could this be the Lucha Brothers, another option as well? Could be. I think it's going to be one of the two. Lucha Brothers or FTR. There's no um, real free agents out there, is there, right now? Like a big free agent? Just Aussie, Aussie Open's the one. Yeah. They're the free agents because uh, their contracts in New Japan are up right now. Yeah. And they're um, a phenomenal tag team. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I, even, I wouldn't mind if I saw them in there, but I think it's going to be FTR, if I had to guess. I hope so. But by the time you're watching this, uh, you will already know the answer. That's well, they've we been off since their, uh, their Briscoe's match. Yeah, that was December. Well, I mean, the one guy broke his ass, didn't he? So they've had some, they've had some time yeah. off. This be Mark, two months off, so. Yeah, yeah. I like their podcast name. Dak, FTR with Dax. Well, it's just Dax that does it, I yeah. think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so give me your thoughts, predictions. What do you think? Do we get a retain? Do we get a new champs? What do we think? FTR wins this week, and FTR wins the titles. Uh, I think the Acclaim are going to win the titles back. If that doesn't happen, that's go to uh, that's my prediction as well. Yeah, if it's not FTR, it's going to be them. But yeah. I mean, I also yeah. wouldn't rule out a very short run with these guys over here. Yeah, but you know, I think I, I don't think the acclaimed are done yet. No, because yeah, they're they're a hot act. Like I yeah, I think it's going to be the mystery team that wins or them. Yeah, I don't think it's going to come from I, this I don't side. Think the, the guns winner. are. I think they're a short term. Kind of angle here. I don't think they're the long term team. No, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not ready yet. I think to be champions as well. I, they're not. They're just like kind of like you know starting to get their footing on their own. Um, so I think not yet for them kind of to have the run. We will see for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, let's kick it into gear next. We've got uh, a bitter feud a rivalry between mm -hmm. uh, Chris mm -hmm. Jericho and who I think is going to be the next breakout. I think he's the absolutely. I see what you did there. Mm. Pun intended. I that's why I pause on the lead. Absolute now, just for that, three. you got you got to you got to do the pose. This revolution will be televised. Indeed, it will. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, give me your thoughts on the match and the feud overall. I mean, overall, I think they've done a decent job. I think the whole purpose of this feud um, is to elevate Ricky Starks, um, which you know. 
I've kind of noticed like Chris Jericho has kind of taken that like let's elevate some guys role um, recently. Um, and I think Ricky Starks is the next gun to list. Like, you know, Rick hit action and dry recently. Um, they turned to a, a, a main roster guy on AW. Um, I think this could be the year of Ricky Starks. You know, he has the in-ring talent. He has the look. He has the mic skills. He has the great entrance. So why not, like, you know, use this as, like, the launching point for him. Like, you know, because you're taking on one of the, you know, all-time greats, you know, in Chris Jericho. I'd say probably top ten all-time. Absolutely top ten. It's very yeah. lo a lock. Especially sure. career longevity, you know, reinventing yourself. Like, you know, I'll say reinvention-wise, he's definitely the best of all time reinventing Absolutely, himself. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, it's not like he had the same gimmick for 25 years or no, 30 he's, years. And he's, he's been freshening it up mm -hmm. every he's five years. He's constantly changed it. Like, where some guys may have, like, a couple go-to gimmicks. He's changed himself like several times, and you know he's hit money so many times on it as well. But I, you know, I think this is a good launching point for Ricky Starks. Um, I think Ricky Starks wins this match, um, and I think it's smart to do the angle where it says everyone um, is banned from ringside as well, um, because it really allows you know them to both have a spotlight. Ricky Starks get the spotlight he deserves because you know you just assume the JS is going to get involved. Um, which on, if I had to guess, I'm gonna guess you know at some point the ref may get knocked out or something and they get involved. Yeah, logically that. that's what I guess would happen. But you know I'm really hoping Ricky Starks wins, um because I think you know it's time to elevate him. You know it's you know I really like what he's doing. Yeah, I think absolute main event run, uh, even with the world title at some point. Maybe not this year, but I would say within oh, yeah, the next I think two years. On the trajectory he's on, he's definitely a future world champion. I would say. Uh, absolutely yes um and the thing is with jericho win lose he, he can't he doesn't, touch need, him. He doesn't, he doesn't need the title he's anymore affected. he's not affected by any loss no he, he's one of those guys who doesn't need a title yeah i mean that's what you get from a 30-year career of just absolute legendary work it's just like if you lose now it doesn't matter if you win now it doesn't really matter exactly you're still great yeah he's at the point in his career where he just needs to be in good matches and good storylines like he doesn't have to be in a title match anymore for sure, and props for him. He's still in great shape and still puts on a hell of a show mm -hmm. uh, on the mic and in the yeah. ring. My, my only thing 50 is fifty something years old. Mm -hmm. My only thing I started to wonder recently is what's the end game with the JAS? It's kind of just there right now. I feel like what's yeah. what what's the uh, how does it end? That's why I don't know. Um, I'm curious how it is. Cause, you know, you kind of have some guys have been hanging with him from the start. You've had like your Jake Hager, which you know. He hasn't really done much since I feel like recently. He's got the stupid hat gimmick. Yeah, forever, uh, yeah. yeah. He used to be the badass, the enforcer of the group. Now he's which I feel like they've the kind of. Yeah, I feel like they really dropped the ball with Jake Hager. Sammy Guevara has been with him. You know, he had a little break from him, but then he's kind of been with him from the start almost too. Like you know, what do they do with him? Um, you have two point um, who kind of rely on him now. Then you have Daniel Garcia, which you know. I think the mistake they made was keeping him with Jericho and the JS. I think they had the perfect opportunity to split him off with that Blackpool combat storyline. I think yep. they should have split him off there, honestly. Um, maybe either put him with the Blackpool Combat Club or just put him on his own. Put him on, yeah, put him on his own. I mean, even maybe even send him down to Ring of Honor for a little bit of a run. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yep, I think that that was a, you know, a mistake they made personally. Um, but I'm curious where that eventually leads to but i think right now is ricky stark's time to shine 
Yes, absolutely. Maybe we'll do a little bonus episode because I want to talk more about Ring of Honor with the TV show coming back and mm-hmm. what do you think that brand looks like and how they kind of split that off into its own kind of entity again. Mm-hmm. But we'll do maybe a sidebar conversation, maybe yeah. a little bonus episode. Oh, for sure. Um, so let's uh, let's let's can we keep going a little bit? All right, I, I think just wrapping up. I think Starks wins. Yeah, it would be a disservice. If it would, oh, absolutely, be a disservice to him. Yeah. Uh, which I don't rule it out. Sometimes there's some questionable booking, but I think Ricky Starks gets the clean victory mm-hmm. over him. Uh, so moving on to the uh, meat match of the show. Uh, we've got Samojo and Wardlow, kind of a feud they've been kind of building and going back and forth on for the mm-hmm. last several months, staying back mm-hmm. to the fall. So uh, what do you think about this match here? Um, I'm going to say this match is kind of like the thrown-on match of the card, I would say, kind of. Um, if I was throwing one out there out of the whole card. Um, I think I expect Warlow to win the TNT title back. Um, but, you know, you wonder with this too, what was the point of putting the title on Darby? Like, okay, like, you have him win his hometown of Seattle, but, like, what was the point? There was no point. And, uh, in, you know... If you look at like an example of the Tommy Dreamer in ECW, who lost every major match ever, and he mm-hmm. was still the most beloved man on the promotion, he mm-hmm. almost he never needed a win. He's yeah. still beloved. So just because it's your hometown doesn't mean you have to like rearrange a whole storyline. No, there's been plenty of cases where guys have wrestled in their hometown, they put on a great match but lose. But like, or use it as a heat spot to have somebody kick the shit out of them and mm-hmm. get the crowd pissed off. And yeah, I yeah, I didn't get the. Darby win the title thing. Like I think this story would have been better if they had Samoa Joe keep the title and then kind of build back into that Wardlow storyline with this. But I feel like the Darby thing kind of affected how good the storyline this could have been. Because they could have made this, you know, a really good second tier storyline. But the Darby thing kind of messed with it, I feel like. Yeah, and if I could be constructive about this, you know, a little disappointed with Wardlow's run since uh, double or nothing last year. Oh, since the split from MJF. Yeah. Like, the way that mm-hmm. he he came off in the Goldberg role when he split and he won the TNT title, he beat MJF in a squash match, won the TNT title, and then, uh, all right, they're going to build him to be the next big ass kicker. Kind of like a Gunther. Yes. That's yes. What, yeah, I think that's been a perfect way for him. Um, then also they had, like, the uh, the short-term... in. Um, Entrance change too, where they change his music ten, uh, tentatively. Mm-hmm. Um, where they had like the Wardlow thing uh, going, and then they had like the heavy metal music for him. Then they kind of changed it, where they kept the Wardlow thing, went back to his old intro music. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like they haven't handled him as well as they should have. I, I think, I think this might be Tony's like maybe biggest blunder he's had in his booking is what he's done with the Wardlow because you know. Wardlow when this MJF feud was so hot, you know, had a great chance to capitalize on it. He's kind of just been kind of like, feel like a downward trajectory since that feud. Like, you know, you would have thought like, since then he's just going to elevate him, but I feel like since then he's kind of gone, gone down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a miss here because yeah. and he's it's, got the tools. He, he looks like a star yeah. and it's not a he's knock on Wardlow. He'd do a moonsault. Like and it's not a knock on Wardlow at all. Like yeah. I love Wardlow. I just think his booking hasn't been that great. Like, you know, I'm a big Wardlow fan. I just think they could have done a better job with him. 
for sure. Uh, I mean, and optimistically looking at the glass half full, there's always time to turn it around and put oh, him for a sure. new story and get him back in there again. Absolutely. Like maybe have him win the title here and you know really put him in a good storyline. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I know not against Warlord. Like he hasn't done anything wrong. It's just you know he's working what he's been given. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so there is time to turn it around. And, and maybe it starts uh, this Sunday. Yeah. And I think it's because, too, like he's going to win because with Ring of Honor TV starting, you're going to see Samoa Joe shift kind of to that more so to focus on that and help build Ring of Honor back up on the uh, the TV end. Yeah, I can see that, too. It makes a lot of sense. I think they uh, – I'm going to pick Wardlow to win the TNT title and hopefully resume that kind of initial path he was on. Yeah. And then uh, Samoa Joe disappears for and goes down to Ring of Honor. Absolutely. Helps be that kind of Jericho and role where he elevates. Uh, yeah, I think him and stars. Claudio are going to be like the guys that help build the brand when it goes back to TV, I think. Yeah, and um, and uh, we'll save that for another episode of what kind of feuds we're going to have there. But yeah, I think uh, I think they uh, they split off and they kind of this is kind of the capstone of that feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving over to the uh, Women's World Championship, we've got a triple threat match uh, on on deck. We've got Soraya, we've got Jamie Hayter, mm-hmm. we've got Ruby Soho. This should be a fun one. Yeah, so this is interesting here. Like, you know, because, you know, this have this whole, like, little three-way storyline going on, kind of, where, like, you know, you have Soraya kind of going on the heel route. Jamie Hayter's going to be on the face route recently. And then you have kind of Ruby Soho, where she's kind of in kind of in the middle of trying to figure out what side she's on. So maybe that maybe this isn't the end. Maybe this is the beginning of a story. Maybe maybe we see some kind of swerve here. Yeah, so that's why I wonder. I I definitely think she's not the one who wins it. I don't think Ruby Soho is the one that wins it in this match. It's definitely between Jamie and Soraya. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Tony's a big ratings guy. He is. And I think... Rightfully could, so, he's trying to get an extension from you WBD. You could see, because Soraya's big thing has been, you know, against the... Um, the homegrown. The family. homegrown people. Mm-hmm. So I could see, maybe eventually you see Ruby turn and, you know, help Soraya win the women's title for ratings. Could. But the only reason why I'm not 100% sure set on that is because you have, like, you know, Soraya's just come back from her injury. You know, she had talked about with her, like, the doctor wants to do one month, uh, match a month. So, um, you know, that's one reason I'm kind of hesitant on thinking she's going to win and Jamie will retain. But then again, storyline-wise, it makes sense to have her to win. It does. And I think, you know what, this big investment they put in Soraya, you have to give her a run with the title. Uh, she's hot yep. right now and, mm-hmm. and kind of in the thick of it. So it's like, you know, why not capitalize on it right now? Yeah, and it's kind of like her building like that heel faction. Like you kind of have like in WWE, like your Bailey and damage control. Yeah. It's kind of like having Soraya and her Tony Storm and, you know, Ruby Soho mm-hmm. kind of faction where they just kind of, she holds the title. And has like her kind of like her minions kind of beat the crap out of everybody. And that um, could be a way to protect her from having a bunch of matches, and mm-hmm. like not overdo it with the load management. Our favorite word from the NBA world. <laughs> um, oh, I hate that. Yeah, so that might be a good way to do it. Put her in a faction, have her kind of be a special attraction, wrestle uh, only the pay per views, and mm-hmm. have her uh, her goons kind of beat the shit out of everybody else. Yeah, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamie Hayter does win the match, but, you know, it's definitely like, I'm going to block her face out right now, like, <laughs> cr cr cross her out. As You're not mad. I'm not mad at any of these ladies, no. by the way. I'm no, pretty, I'm not. Uh, so, like, cross her out as winning. Would you have dinner with any of them? Just her. Yeah? Just you want Jamie? Nope. What? Really? Come nope. on. Nope. She's gorgeous. Nope. Even Ruby. She doesn't do it for Sometimes she does it for me, sometimes she doesn't. Her, no. No? She looks like she'd be a lot of fun. Like, you go out to the bar. She could be somebody like, you just like, chill with. But if you're talking, like, you know, the like other, a, the other stuff. Take it, take it, or take it if out you're talking about, like, a date. Going on a date. I'm not saying getting inappropriate. Date, I'm, I'm talking over. about, like, uh, you right. know, just... If you're talking about a date, I think it's ranked in perfect order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not... And then if you're talking about, like, current in ring skill... And then we go one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, you can't... But, but it's just because she's just coming back. Right. Like, in her prime, like, when she was healthy, I think I would go... I think we'll go one, two, three. Like, Jamie Hayter, one. Mm -hmm. Soraya, two. Ruby Soho, three. If you're going, like, when she's in prime. Yeah. Right now, in ring-wise, Jamie Hayter, one. Ruby Soho, two. Soraya, three. I'm on. I'm aligned with that. Yes. Uh, all right, so final thoughts on this match right here. Who do you think takes home the title? You got to put money on it. This is so tough. I'm torn between Soraya and Jamie Hayter. It's like that because Jamie Well, because Jamie Hayter because just got it, which is why I. it's tough, but Tony is a big ratings guy. Tony is not afraid to flip-flop titles. Because, you know, I kind of... I feel like we kind of, I wonder if Tony Khan views Saray kind of the, like CM Punk category, but for women, whereas CM Punk was on that trajectory where he did win the AEW title. Yes, he did. Um, Rather kind of quickly, less yeah, than a year. So I kind of wonder, is Saraya the CM Punk of the women's division? So that's why I kind of think it's Saraya that wins it, even though Jamie Hayter, like, you know, I do enjoy her, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Soraya. I think uh, I'm gonna go with Soraya as well. Uh, Tony is in the mixed in the midst of a contract extension negotiation, so I think the next six months you're gonna see him do whatever he has to do to get people to tune in on mm -hmm. Wednesday and the yeah. Friday nights. He's gonna he's gonna do a bunch of well, mystery opponents. He's gonna do a bunch of special announcements. Well, you know, he's gonna put stars in in see. Regardless, I don't think to worry about that because they just got a new show added. They did, but so I'm not. I don't think he's worried because he just got a new show added. So what's he got to worry about? Like just do what he thinks is best. Like don't worry about the TV because you know if well, they're adding. Well, yeah. I'm saying. Well, I'm saying if they're adding another show, obviously, like it's trending towards like he's getting the bank and the bag when they're yes. uh, they're renewing. Yes, 100%. And, um, They're not going to start it for like a couple months and be like, oh, sorry. Unless the ratings just fell off a cliff. Which, which no uh, shot. Yeah, no shot that's happening. Yeah, I don't... Um, I think they're going to... I mean, I think they're going to get an extension because I don't think they're going to renew Power Slap. <laughs> I think that's canceled after this. That's for our other podcast. I, uh, yes, yes. I, I don't know if... Um, which, by the way, tune into Boston Out, our other podcast as well. Another great one. Please yes. check it out. Check it a out. A little, little plug. A little plug for our sister podcast, Boss Now. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, 
main man Cap Rooney and our other Cap Rooney uh, get mm-hmm. a little silly talking sports and uh, a bunch of sh- other shenanigans. Yes. Um, so, I think... I hope I hope they close the TV deal relatively soon because mm-hmm. if they get that extension, that that's going to really solidify the the yep. company's future for the next four to five years, and yeah. give Tony some more. Which I wonder how much of a year deal they sign for when they renew it. What do they have right now? Four, what's what do they get? Forty million a year or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it was a four-year deal. I think I believe it was right. Yes, and I thought... So they'll probably sign another four-year deal, I would say. They're usually between four and five Four years. to five, yeah. I think they did... I, th- I want to say they thought they got some kind of extension when they got they, Rampage and moved over to TBS. Yes, because they, when they moved, they got they renegotiated everything. Um, so, yeah. I think, I mean, and then they, now they just add another series, so... Yeah. Oh, d- the price will for absolutely increase. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be good. And the other thing is, I don't know if Turner or Warner Brothers Discovery is going to even retain the NBA rights, and that that'll be a huge loss for them. They're going to need another. Oh, franchise. I think they'll keep it. Well, do, do you know what the prices the NBA is asking for is like NFL levels now? Like it's like billions of dollars. So, yeah, but you that's think, their thing. Like, man, could you imagine? Like, say T, uh, TNT lost it. And they lost a crew of like Ernie, Shaq, Chuck, and Kenny. Like, destroy the network. Yeah. Well, not even the network, just the NBA as a whole, because that's the most popular like basketball um, crew you have. It it is by far. So they can't afford to lose. Like they have All Star Weekend. Like they have all this stuff. Like Thursday, Tuesday, and Thursday games. Yeah. But even like that All Star Weekend and just like the pregame, postgame crew. That's their bread and butter right there. Like people like tune in just to watch. Chuck, Kenny, and Shaq interact with each other, especially just Chuck and Shaq. Well, the other thing is, uh, the word of the street is NBC wants to get back in the NBA game and bring back mm-hmm. NBA and NBC. So yeah. what if they just hire all those guys? And- that's, I think that's the only way it would work. They'd have to bring them all in, but we don't know what their contracts are with TNT. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's not going to be cheap to bring those guys over and yeah. pay for NBA rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yep. we will see. Uh, we will see what kind of money uh, you know Warner Brothers wants to dish out and what NBC Universal wants to dish oh, out. Oh, yeah. But it's bidding season 2023. The other thing is if NBC Universal is also in the market to make another large acquisition, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to have the extra, the, the extra capital or want to spend the extra capital to buy NBA rights after making another multi-billion yeah. dollar acquisition of a certain uh, other pro wrestling company. That will not be named. That will not be named in this episode. <laughs> Talk about it in the next episode. Maybe a different one. Um, so I don't know how we got off talking about <laughs> yeah, We went you know, way, we started on this and, and talking about Shaq. <laughs> out of this match here. And um, Chuck, man, that's terrible. <laughs> yes, it is terrible. So let's move on. Uh, I'm picking Soraya, by the way. Uh, moving over to the AEW World Trios Championship. Now, this match. one we assume is going to be on there based on everything we've seen. You know, we're a week out, like we said, when we're filming this. Um, so this is something we assume based on everything we've seen um, on TV that we think is going to happen. Well, and I think it's, I think it's almost, is this confirmed? I think it's, it's at, not, no, it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed yet. Was it, maybe it was announced on Rampage because I just went on Wikipedia before this and it had this match listed on there. I don't think it was confirmed yet, but you know, 
It's going to be a great one. This is going to be maybe the match of the night. It, it, it could be up there. Definitely one or two. One or two, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I may even sure. open the show with this match. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'll either open it with this or the uh, another match we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. We will. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely a great opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the opener, I don't take lightly. I mean, Tony has really established the opener as like almost like a second-tier main event spot. Mm-hmm. He yep. comes out firing hot. In the main event, uh, yeah, uh, in the opening match, uh, even especially at Dynamite, he'll open up the world title match sometimes. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious, like, where do you think they go with this match? Because you know, you know, you have the elite who are kind of like your flagship AEW guys versus the House of Black versus people you know we've they've kind of kind of been like underutilized. I would say, like, you know, what are your thoughts and like where do you where do you think they go with this? My thoughts are, I think the elite have established themselves as, uh, we talked about this in other shows, there's mm-hmm. guys that need the title, and there's guys that the title needs the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need the titles. Mm-hmm. And I think the okay. House of Black is something that needs a little extra something. Oomph. Yeah. I think that oomph oh. is in those titles. I think, personally for me, in the history of AW, if you had to say, like, what's the biggest ball drop they've had in the history of the company like obviously like you know you have the cm punk thing but that was kind of uh, let's, out of their let's, control. let's, yeah, let's yes. throw that out the window yes okay i would go with the house of black the house as of my black bi- as, a whole. as my biggest i would i would say that but especially malachi yes as my biggest ball drop because the way he came in with cody like you know, he was piping hot on fire. They could have done so much with him. He should have main evented pay-per-views. He should be, he he should be main eventing pay-per-views, if not, like, holding the title right now or, like, in route this year to holding it. I think it's the biggest drop they've had in the company. You know, he does such a great job with his character work. You know? And he's also athletic as shit. Yep. And Phenomenal in the ring. Great character work. You know, they've really dropped the ball with him. Um, whereas the league kind of like, they've kind of been like, you know, kind of just like given everything, you know, cause since, you know, they're part of like the flagship of the company, um, I feel like they've kind of been at an advantage because of that. Yeah. And you know, it kind of, you know, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not. It's In some not. cases, but you know, their best of seven series with Hoosier Brothers and Pac, phenomenal. We the best, yeah. It was can't fight that all. I mean, we did. we saw match one we did. live in person. We did awesome. You know, they did a great job with that whole series and making every match different. Um, and you know, the league kind of talked. Kenny Omega kind of talked about after the whole thing how they're not really invested in the big storyline right now. It's kind of just having these like fun, great matches. That's what they're it all is. about right now. So you wonder, is this like a storyline they can like? sink into and is the start of so you're thinking they have multiple matches it's not this is the beginning so not the end. that's yeah. what i wonder is this like a thing where okay this is where i take the titles off the elite or is this like the starting point of a long-term storyline between the elite and the house of black it can go a couple ways there i think because i don't think you can go the route where you have the elite just straight win and it's done you can't go that way, I think. That would destroy the House of Black. Exactly. And the way they've dropped the ball at the House of Black, it would be just, it would be like a fatal mistake by Tony. So that's basically saying, like, I have no, I don't believe in them. And yep. 
that's so wrong because they're great. Uh, they're they're unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a couple of ways you can go with this. One, you have some kind of schmoz finish, mm-hmm. and you have maybe a best of three series, not seven again, because... I don't think they should go the best of series again. Like I feel like that was like a special thing. Well, we, not a, we don't officially call it a best of series, but they have a rematch, and then they have the rubber match. Um, I think just have like a good storyline that culminates a double or nothing. You could do that. Maybe in a steel cage or something like that, or some kind of like blood feud match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that would be kind of cool. I'd be cool with that, yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't think this is the end here. Um, no. So I think you may see... That's why I kind of tend to shift this way. They just got the title belts, though. Exactly. That's why I shift this way, because they just got the title belts. This is their first feud since getting it. But I shift this way, but in the, I guess, like, hope it's a long-term story with them. Yes. That leads to Double or Nothing, where they are the ones that take it. I, I like that. Because I think eventually, you know, you need to have Kenny split off from the Bucks. But I, wanna, I, wouldn't say, ah, I wouldn't say split off. He needs to do, like, another singles thing. And that's what I was thinking. I would love to just see... Kenny and Malachi. Oh, absolutely. And then let the Bucks and the other guys... That would be a banger. Malachi versus Kenny one-on-one, like... I would pay to see that. I I would. I would... Like, just get them in a real, like, psychological, deep Mm storytelling match. Like, that's that's what it is. And let their athleticism be the complement to that. Absolutely, yep. Um, So, yeah, I agree. I, I love the trios titles... I love this feud here, and I feel but like I almost want it to just end and go away, so we can get Kenny back in the main event wait, and the Bucks back in the tag. Because you look at the Triotos, obviously they had like the faulty start, yeah, the great best of seven series, but this is like their first like real storyline without a consider. Because like the um, the Elite and Death Triangle was just like matches. Yes, this is their first storyline that they have a chance to sink into. So you know, I think they need to really give this a long term build where. Ends at double or nothing. So I think this, if they do it right, is just to start where it culminates at double or nothing with them winning. Um, because I think House of Black, you know, really deserves a big spotlight, and for them to, you know, have a run as trios champions. Um, but I love Malachi Black as a singles right. star as well. Buddy Matthews is extremely underrated as a singles wrestler as 100%. well. He is great as or in a singles performer as well. I love I don't him. Think Tony in the has just dropped the ball. I think the entire industry has dropped the ball with these guys. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they were other places before this. Yep. And mm-hmm. they didn't see the potential in the oh, side yeah. of that. Well, towards the end of WWE, Buddy Matthews had a. When he was Cruiserweight Champion, was awesome. Yes. Great matches all you the know, time. If you make the Cruiserweight limit, he's jacked as No, F's absolutely now. not. Yeah. Well, people even question it at the end of his run in WWE when he was the champion. Yeah, like, are you 205 pounds? I don't think so. Yeah, no shot. How many yeah, uh, he how was, peanut butter yeah, eating every day? He's great yeah. in the ring, you know. Athleticism, hard hitting. Like, I really enjoy him in the ring as a performer. Um, and then Brody King as well, like that big bruiser style as well. Like, as a sure. whole, this faction together like you know when you had their feud um with the death triangle going back like those matches were so great so like them as a trio just deliver every time Mm -hmm. so i would love to eventually see them as trios champions because just like just throw them on the car like have some good storylines and pay-per-views and their matches are gonna be awesome 
Exactly. He could be your Bray Wyatt, but more athletic, mm-hmm. more capable. He's got the same kind of character level uh, and potential, but he's got the athleticism of. NXT, I mean, I guess you wouldn't of, say character level. I'd say creativity level. I would say I kind yes. of. I wouldn't put throw him in that kind of like you know. I'd say creativity creativity level. I would go mm-hmm. with in his if you're kind of kind of categorizing him. But he's got the athleticism of a, you know, of a. Just like an AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's well, it's basically kind of like that, like kickboxing style he has. Like his kicks yeah. are, his kicks are phenomenal. Like yeah. you know, yeah. And it, the way he moves, he does the spin kicks, and he mm-hmm. does, he does the moonsault off the ropes. And then you like ha- and then you have like your buddy Matthews who can do like every style kind of like yeah. so it kind of works. And you have your hard hitting. So like kind of as a trio, it just really it really works well for me. Um, you know the elite, you know young bucks. One of the best tag teams in the world right now. Kenny Omega, probably one of the best single wrestler in the world right now as well. So, like, they don't need the titles, whereas I think this would benefit them based on how much they've dropped the ball for them. Because we've talked about how some people don't need the titles, but I feel like right now they do Mm -hmm. just because of how much AEW's kind of dropped the ball with them, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I think ultimately, whenever the feud culminates, I think it ends up with them holding the titles. And then I think, you know what? This may be controversial. These guys' heels again. Like, they're better as heels. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're better as well, you the wondered, hockey kind of tag team and the the badass, well, you know, kind of. And like, you wonder, too, like. I'm the greatest kind of guy. Where Lee goes as a whole, because I know I saw recently today, Kenny Omega, um, they extended on his contract till November. Okay, interesting. Um, and the Bucks go till the end of the year. So do they stay in AW beyond that? I think they should. Yes. But like, that's another thing to think about as well. Uh, I mean, do they want to have the big run mm-hmm. up in... Uh, yeah, I will never say never anymore because the last person I ever thought would leave would be Cody Rhodes, and, and I he think did without even thinking. And about I think it for me, if anyone was going to leave, it'd be Kenny and the Bucks stay. I don't think the Bucks are going to go ever. That's just the thought I have in my mind because the way the tag team division is treated in WWE. So that's why I think if anyone, it's only going to be Kenny that goes. But I can see Kenny going. I think he's going to stay. Personally, depending on the level of authority that Triple H really has or doesn't have, they'll throw the. I mean, they're going to throw the bag at him regardless. Throw the bag at him, and I think Triple H one on one can convince him that's a good idea that you're going to get that run that you've mm-hmm. always deserved, that mm-hmm. you're that global superstar, and we're going to cement it finally here. Yep, mm-hmm. on top. Yeah, I mean, if he goes WWE, it's only if it's with negotiations that he's going to be the champion there. He's not going. If he's just going to be like a normal guy, kind of like it's going to be like AJ Styles' entrance, like yes. where like he's shot to the moon, and wins the title. He wins the title, and he's in the big featured spots. He was mm-hmm. literally main eventing like yep. his second month. Absolutely. Um, and I agree. I think uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity for him there. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to see that happen. No, because uh, Kenny yeah. is one of the staples of this organization. Oh yeah, I love um, Kenny. He's he's my favorite wrestler out there for sure. And, you know, I didn't rule it out. I could see Cody coming back here someday. Is like when he's maybe in his final kind of couple of years and he just wants to kind of do one more run in the place that he made famous. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder at this point. It's a good thought. 
Um, because maybe he has this big run uh, at WrestleMania, and mm-hmm. uh, that kind mm-hmm. of ship sails, and yep. he wants to go back to having fun again. True, yeah. Eventually, you could fizzle out again, and that happens. So that, uh, it's I, a thought to have. For sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see. There's, that's the fun thing about pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's so mm-hmm. many different hypes. So many things. possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so let's keep it moving a little bit. All right, uh, all right final thoughts on that last match. Who are you picking to win? I'm going to say Elite, but leads to a longer storyline. I think I agree with mm-hmm. you. Actually, you know, I'm going to swerve. I'm going to go with House of Black. I think they okay. win in some kind of schmoz finish, and it leads them to have some kind of rematch, and it starts okay. that storyline. So I'm okay. going to pick House of Black. All right. Yeah, I, can, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right, we've got a very heated feud. Bitter, mm-hmm. this should be an absolute bloodbath all, uh, over, the, yeah. all over the chase center. I hope uh, yep, Steph Curry is doesn't slip and fall. Shit-kicking match. Of- there, is there, yeah, I hope... I hope. <laughs> there is. Go- I will bet my life savings there is going to be blood. I will agree. I will give you the deed to my house if there's not <laughs> one drop of blood in yep. this match. I mean, it's literally like a Texas death match. Mm-hmm. Uh, this should be pretty brutal. These guys are going to tear each other. And Hangman's has, I feel like, a few of them now at this point. Yes, he has yes. Lance, Lance Archer, Lance Archer correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. What, are you, what are your thoughts on, and you could be honest, Hangman's title run? I enjoyed it. I just feel like they could have done more with it. Did you? I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I like <laughs> Hangman. I like Hangman as a wrestler. I love Hangman as a wrestler. I feel like they could I mean, they absolutely could have done more with it. Um, you know, done better feuds with him. Um, yeah, I think they could have done more with it, but I, I like Hangman as champ. Like, he's, I think he's an upper card guy. He's definitely an upper card guy, but I... And the story with Kenny was just, like, so right. It was right, it was and it so made right. sense for him to win. Long time story building, like, it was just done right. It made sense. That, that was, was definitely a, one of the better storylines they had. story. That was a two-year story. Started yep. literally day one, the first day of the organization. I would say that's and definitely in the there. top three of storylines done in the company in history. Like Absolutely. that long-term story of Hangman finally, you know, being the one to take it off Kenny. That might be the number one. I think number two, even though it's like controversial to talk about, would still be MJF and CM Punk. Yeah, that's up there for sure. Yeah, I agree. And it's just a bummer that they couldn't capstone that. Yep. Mm-hmm. With a third match, but. Yeah. Never Maybe that. eventually. You never say never. Mm-hmm. It is pro wrestling. And crazier shit is happened. Yeah. So when it comes to this match, though, I think, you know, John Moxley's just been on such a tear for so long. I think it's time for him to kind of, like, give way to the other people because, you know, he's the first wrestler in the company to reach 100 wins, which just shows how much, you know, he's been dominant in the company. Um, so that's why I think if they're going to go the way they should, I would pick Hangman to win this match. Because I kind of feel like since Hangman's lost to AEW World Championship, he's kind of been like kind of floating about, I would say. Um, so he needs something to kind of like re-solidify himself as saying, like, I'm, you know, I'm one of these top guys too in the company. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think he should be the one that wins this match. Uh, I agree, and I think he needs some kind of redemption after getting clocked and he was out the injury, the head injury exactly, for a long time. Yep. He needs something to get back into it. And I feel like Moxley is one of those guys that he's like a Jericho. It's like yep. he loses, he wins, nobody cares. He's still yep. Moxley. And it's kind of interesting how they've thrown like Moxley's wife into the storyline where she's always the one interviewing Hangman, and Hangman's kind of being like, what do you say? Like, oh, tell him this. Like, you know, it's interesting as well, but, you know, Hangman, 
Hangman needs this one, I think. He does. He needs to get he needs to get one for the Gipper and get back in there. Yep. And then I guess this does that means fun, right? <laughs> but then does, does he earn the nickname if he wins this like Mister uh, Mister uh, Deathmatch? Um, he, he, he very well could. Um, so if I'm going to pick one, if if he if he held my feet to the fire here, uh, I'm going to go with Hangman. Unless they want to build this into some kind of long term story, maybe you have a Moxley heel turn. They've kind of had the long term like. I wouldn't say long term. I would say like medium, like medium length storyline with this but one. But what do you think if they did a Moxley heel turn? And Moxley's been a face since day one, and he kind of needs something fresh. Well, you kind of kind of seen little like teases of the Blackpool Combat Club as a whole going heel. Um, like obviously, kind of take Danielson out of the picture, but you talk about like Claudio and Yuta. They've kind of teased like this heelish possible turn. Already, so like I could see like the Blackpool Combat Club going that way, where Danielson fits in that. I don't know. Um, it's kind of interesting. It is. I mean, because Moxley, uh, you know, is kind of playing a little bit of the asshole in this feud. He's like making fun yes. of him because he got. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, can your head work? It's like, all right, why are you being a dick, dude? Mm-hmm. You got hurt. Yep. You both faces. So and he's kind of doing heelish stuff. A yeah, he's bit. definitely the heel in this feud. I would say for sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I think a Moxley heel turn could be fresh. Um, yeah, so he's kind of only, well, he had, like, when he came into the company, he was kind of like a heel when he came in with Omega. He was kind of like the heel, I would say. I guess kind of, yeah. But, like, since then, just straight, just straight face. I would face, say. face, face. You know, he had the long title runs for the entire pandemic, and then, yeah. um, face after that and then it's just yeah yeah i mean i think it's time they make a change with him for sure i mean you know he's definitely like you're you're him and hangman are for sure your go-to hard-hitting guys in the company yes i would say um but yeah i think you know it's time moxley goes kind of goes heel yeah i agree uh and i think hangman gets the victory here Unless they're deciding to do the, and you wonder too, like where he screws him over and does, and you wonder too, where does Hangman go from here? Because like they kind of, this has been it recently. Like, what's next for him? I wonder. And, you know, Hangman turns heel. Would that work? <sighs> heel cowboy shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm definitely curious where both of these go. I think this is the most curious besides like the House of Black Elite match. Like, I'm the most curious where they go next. Yeah, I think nonetheless, something's going to happen where somebody's going to turn, there's some kind of character shift for one of these guys Mm -hmm. in this match, or maybe even a double turn. Uh, I just don't see having one clean finish and then that's it. It just wouldn't be good booking. I think you need to use this match as a starting point for a new story. Oh, absolutely. One or both Mm -hmm. these guys. Yep. They both need to change, I would say. Uh, I'm going to go with Hangman. Who are you going with? I'm going to Hangman as well. All right. On to the next match. What do we got? Main event. We got a main event time mm-hmm. for the AEW World Championship, and it's a 60-minute Ironman match. We've got uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman uh, defending the AEW World Championship against the one and only the Brian, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Um, this should be a stellar athletic performance for sure. Mm-hmm. Um so give me your thought. Let's let's take a step back a second and talk about 
MJF's title run to this point. Give me your thoughts, yeah. your honest thoughts, and I, walk me through where we are today. I feel like it's had its ups and downs. I would say, like, when he initially won the title, I kind of felt like he was on that downward trajectory. Ricky Stark kind of brought it back up. Yep. And then it went, like, slightly back down, but this kind of build up in the recent weeks with Daniels has kind of brought it back up. So it's been it's just kind of been like a little wave we've gotten kind of with this title run. And, you know, I think last week's promo by MJF where he kind of, like, involved that, like, realism to it. Yes. Because we've always talked about, like, you know, when you bring realism into wrestling, that's what gets the fans invested. 100%. Um, his, his promo with CM Punk when... Um, when he, the photo when he was a teenager mm-hmm. yep. and just the relationship there. It was real and you felt the emotion. Exactly. And now you have the route where like MJF's talked about like where his engagement fell apart and like, you know, he's always wanted like the family life Danielson's had and like how, you know, Danielson, he's saying Danielson, oh, you don't care about that when it's something I've always wanted. It's throwing that realism element into it, which I think that's his, like, go-to, I feel like, that what makes his matches, like, so much better for MJF. Is he he does a great job of, you know, I feel like he's a realism wrestler, where he tries to, like, do everything he can to make you feel like, okay, this is real life, what's about to happen right now, um, and get you really invested in what's about to happen. Uh, yeah, he lives the character. Um, and it absolutely enhances any kind of stories and he's i think he's mm-hmm. the best mic worker in the industry if not one of the greatest ever to do it uh he just really just sucks you in mm-hmm. and uh yeah i i, I kind of agree with you the ups and downs um the build to the moxley main event i think was very weak and there just wasn't enough emotion there i don't know because you had like that tease like okay he's gonna be a face so it was kind of like a different element because you're you know with mgf you've always been used to this like heel build to it. Yes. Whereas, like, where that uh, main event at Full Gear was that face build to where, like, you know, it was a different nuance where you just used to the same MJF formula where this was something different you got to see. Because um, you kind of had that realism thing with CM Punk as a heel, and then you went to the face, you know, build with his few at Moxley, and now you're back to his heel thing, um, which I think is his bread and butter bringing realism into, and his heel runs with it. Because, you know... So many heels, you know, don't do as great of a job as getting invested in the match as MJF. Because at first, like I've talked about with this match, you know, I was kind of like blah about it. But I think last week's promo was able to kind of like elevate the match from what I thought it was going to be. Whereas MJF brought the realism into where it wasn't there before for me. Oh, it got, fi- it got me fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. exactly. It got yeah, me really I, fired I, up. And I think the purpose of that promo was to get the fans fired up about it. It was. And um, it got me excited for it. Not that I think he's going to lose the title in this match. No. Because that kind of took a little luster. It's like, I I, I would be shocked if MJF lost the title. It, yeah, if I had to bet my uh, life savings, he's going to win. Yes. MJF. The same. Uh, but at least he did a good job of keeping it interesting uh, mm-hmm. this, um, this, this time around. Um, so I'm going to go with MJF as well. Uh, it should be a great match. I'm really curious to see so how now, he does over an hour long. So game. now, what do you think the final fall score is? I'm going to say two one. Obviously, that's like that's that's usually the formula they go with is a two one formula. <sighs> I think they might go. 
I feel like they might go the uh, the route of maybe we don't even get a fall. Maybe it goes you think a one no, you think a one nothing? Yeah, one nothing like, in like overtime maybe. Like if they want to do the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart route, yeah, like just go okay. overtime. I'm gonna go two one. Two one. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think they're gonna beat the shit out of each other for sixty minutes, mm-hmm. and I think there's gonna be very little falls, and I think okay. it's gonna end somehow with MJF cheating to win. So you think one nothing? I'm gonna go one nothing. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of near falls and a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. blood, and a lot of hard hitting. Um, but I'm gonna go with MJF cheating to win. Okay. One fall to zero. Uh, maybe with the brass knuckles, like winning an over, winning an overtime uh, on a cheat. E- yes, okay. yes. Because I'm gonna say like they make it all the way through and they okay. decide to extend it. I can't disagree minutes. with that. I mean, I could see that happening as well. Yeah, but I think it goes the full distance. Obviously, well, I mean, it's gonna go to the full distance because it's, it's it has to. Okay. But I think it's gonna go longer than that. I think uh, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of falls where it's like a five to four. Mm-hmm. And it would take some of the luster out of the match. And I'm starting to wonder too, who's MJF's next opponent going to be after Danielson? I am going to say it's one Sir Adam Cole. See, I think I thought about that, but part of me is wonders if he's on the short list to eventually be the one that takes him down. I think we're at the point where it's down to Adam Cole or Ricky Starks as the one eventually do it, but my heart is leaning towards Adam Cole being the yes. one to take him down down the road. So that's why I don't think it's Adam Cole yet as his next opponent um, in his next feud for the title. So let's say it is Adam Cole. Do you Is that a double or nothing kind of thing? Or is that a uh, all-out kind of thing? In the I'm going to say all-out full gear. One of the At two. The end of the year, okay. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Yeah, I'd like to see them drag this MJF title run out as mm-hmm. long as they just keep it interesting. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I kind of almost wish they kept MJF with the firm and a faction. I agree with that. I feel, yeah, I wonder, like... There's so much more you could do. I do wonder if the whole punk thing didn't happen. What was the whole, like, game plan for the firm? The firm, uh, the storyline. But I think they should have kept MJF with the firm, have, like, Stokely as manager. I'll be interested to see that. Yeah, and have... uh, Big Bill be like the the security guard, and you have some other guys around him. It'll elevate yeah. the other guys, it, it, and it'll be like yep. the gatekeeper to the final boss. Kinda, of being MJF. It kind of gives like elements of like that Seth Rollins authority storyline, yeah. Where you had like you know his like little goons like as a security guards, um, kind of helping him with his reign. Uh, I kind of see like similar nuance with that. So I think that would have been a nice thing that they could have explored, but they didn't obviously. Um, but I would have liked to see that, honestly. And it goes back to the evolutions of the world, the four horsemen of the world. Uh, even yep. like two years ago, one of my favorites, run, my probably my favorite world title run was Kenny Omega's. And they had oh, yeah. the, the Elite, and he was that badass Ric Flair-style heel. Yeah, I would think after Roman Reigns' title run, Kenny Omega's my second favorite title run we've had. Maybe in the last, like, at least like five years. Like, maybe yeah. even ten. Yeah, so, and I think the... Firm would have given more options, more depth. Yep, I agree. This, where he he's like, I'm a man of power. I've got the belt, and mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, I control all the chips in this company. And what are you going to do about it? When it's just one guy, it's yeah. like, all right, I don't 
buy it. Yeah, because now they've gone the route where it's like, you know, my my fiancé left me. This is the only thing that loves me and I have my life, like, route with it. Yeah, it's just like, or if, I mean, if William Regal decided to stay, you keep him with William Regal and maybe mm-hmm. add, like, another couple of goons around him or something like that. Yep. But, um I thought a faction could really take this thing to that next level. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, have people like protect him. Yes, yes, and because that's just costs. the way that's the way, just the way MJF's been. Like you know, he's a coward, needs protection. Like you know, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so I think we're going to see MJF uh, retain in some kind of uh, non-traditional fashion. Yep, I agree. Uh, but nonetheless, it should be a tremendous show, and I'm oh, looking for sure. forward to the post show scrum. Afterwards, got to love those Tony Khan media scrums. Yes, absolutely. Might have to watch it the next morning on my way to work. I'll put it on the audio as I drive in. Yeah, because it's on that the ass crack of dawn it goes to. It it literally goes till four o'clock in the morning. I remember one year I just stayed up and watched it, and I was like, "It's Sunday night. I gotta go to work." Yep. Normal people gotta live here, bud. Yes, yes. Um, But I think uh, we're excited. So tune in Sunday live on pay per view. It's uh, AW. It's Revolution, baby. Mm Uh, get at it wherever you get your pay-per-views and um, get at us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartMedia, etc. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And on YouTube, if you want to get a glimpse of this set, their graphics, as you see how we're doing here, we're kind of like breaking things down Mm -hmm. and playing the visuals into the conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're trying to turn the knob up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interact with us on uh, social media as well, uh, wherever you get your social media. So at uh, particularly on Twitter at Wrestling Makes. Um, but we're out of time for this edition of the show uh, for Wrestling Makes the World Takes. I'm CB and I'm AD. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Makes the World Takes. See ya. <laughs>